Hi, I'm Maeve Doyle, and this is The Private View. Patrick Brill, OBA, born in 1963, better known by his pseudonym, Bob and Rupert Smith, is a contemporary artist, writer, author, musician, art education advocate, and keynote speaker. He's known for his slogan art and is an associate producer, professor at Sir John Cass Department of Art at the London Metropolitan University and has been a curator of public art projects like Art You Need, um, part of Peace Camp, The Art Party. I've met him at the Art Car Boot Fair, gone to chats, Art for Breakfast at Soho House. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Bob and Roberta Smith and am excited to speak with Bob and Roberta today about... Chelsea School of Art back in the day, about lockdown, about five works that have influenced and impacted his life. Here is Bob and Roberta Smith. Hi, Bob. It's Maeve Doyle. You know, we've met before at Soho House and at Art Car Boot Fair. You're a friend of my dogs. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that just reminds me of all the, all the dogs at the art car boot fair. Do you remember? <laughs> I came in early and got you to pose with my dog. Oh, you I don't do. have Yes, to. no, it's all coming back. Yes, no, of course it's all coming back to me now, mate. So, yeah, yeah. okay, let's quickly get everything going. Like, uh, talk a little bit about you, what you do. Perhaps you want to talk a bit about how this came about and the view and, and why it was so important to you. Oh, right. Okay. Well, we're broadcasting now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very Orwellian. Oh, Everything you say is recorded and archived. <laughs> right. <laughs> Slightly kidding, but it's also true. Okay. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I got the uh, call to, uh, you know, I think, I think actually you just wanted a straight donation. And, uh, you know, I'm not really in a financial position to do that. So I thought I'd uh, offer to give you, uh, to give the view a, uh, uh, you know, a work. And, and then actually I have these uh, prints, which I've been exhibiting at the Royal Academy for the last few years. And I've I had uh, some APs. Yeah, yeah. So the one that you've got is that there's, there's still art, there's still hope. But really my interest in the whole prisons thing I think everybody, you know, uh, there's a there's a rash of my daughter's really obsessed with prison documentaries at the moment. <laughs> and, uh, there's a kind of thing, isn't there, where, where people are interested in prisons? But I think the 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 first my first brush with that was watching um, I think it was called Fourteen Days in May with Clive Stafford Smith, where he oh, it's a very sad film. He very unsuccessfully tries to defend somebody on death row. And it had a powerful effect on me that mo that uh, BBC film. It's interesting, and, uh, yeah. And uh, and then and then last summer, actually, I got to work with Clive Stafford Smith, and he's 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 a remarkable man. He's a human rights lawyer defending people on in you know in, in, on death row, and he has a, a charity which is. Uh, you know, uh, getting lawyers in various countries around the world where they have capital punishment to defend people on death row. Uh, but he's now working with people in uh, Guantanamo, and he's get, so he's taking art materials, going to Guantanamo, giving the art materials to people in Guantanamo, 
they then make art. He's not allowed to bring their art out of Guantanamo, but he writes a description of it and then asks other artists to make their versions of the Guantanamo inmates' art from his description. So I said, well, I'll, I'll paint some of his descriptions. So last year I painted one of his descriptions and we exhibited it in the uh, courtroom in Dorchester, actually, where the Toll Puddle Martyrs were sent off. And then I suppose in other other times I've also worked, uh, I curated a show for the Kersler Trust uh, in Manchester, which was, uh, which was a show of uh, prize winners, uh, in the Kersler, the Kersler Trust organises exhibitions of art in prisons. And of course, it's fantastic for the prisoners. They get a bit of kudos, but it's also uh, fantastic because it promotes the idea of art in prisons. And, uh, you know, I'd be very keen on trying to promote the idea of, you know, art, art everybody doing art. <laughs> I don't care if you're great artist or not you know just you will become a great artist if you make art you know you've got to sort of do it to to uh, develop it so um yeah so for and then for and then i did a i did something recently actually just before the lockdown which was promoting cross stitch and uh it's another charity uh which you know prisoners uh can earn money by doing uh cross stitch in prison so lots of artists have come up with designs and and then they made a you know had an auction actually at Christie's of these works for their charity so so this idea of uh I mean the thing about artists I think the remarkable thing about any kind of artist or you know human beings but art is key in this is that art is always about preparing for tomorrow you know as an artist during lockdown I'm painting paintings which will you know they'll be exhibited when the lockdown eases up so it's all and when you're in your studio you're in a kind of self-imposed lockdown aren't you and this idea of being you know on your own of course prisoners are not in studios or you know and they're not really on their own but they're they're um, you know it is it is all about uh you know, in in a way, it's all about the future, and uh, you know, I just think that making art gives, you know, occupies people in thinking about a positive future in some way. Can you tell me almost your life story through five works of art that changed the way you thought and felt about the world you live in? Oh wow, God, that's. <laughs> That's a complex, uh, complex question to sprung that one on me. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can. I, I, I let's give it a go. Yeah, uh, I can. Uh, I think. Um, <laughs> well, one thing that's really uh, marked my life out is that uh, you know I I I am from quite an arty family. My father ran Chelsea School of Art in the nineteen sixties and seventies. And it was on Manresa Road, right in the heart of, you know, and he was the head of the art school during Swinging London, you know. And so when I was a child, I was taken down to the art school a lot. And he had a large office and uh, in, in this in this purpose-built modernist art school. And, uh, and it's always interested me, this idea about, you know, what people, turns artists onto art. Uh, 
because I realised my situation was very unique uh, because I was I was thrust into art really, but my parents weren't. My parents were from very working class backgrounds, and they kind of made their lives, cast out their lives through art. So I've always been interested in what turned them on to art in some sort of way. Uh, uh, and it's puzzled me a little bit because I didn't really ask them this question, <laughs> but but they were both very good at drawing, you know. Uh, but the, but if I think about an early encounter with art, it would be with um, it would be an enormous print that I think the Arts Council commissioned of uh, Liscargo, which hung in my father's office. I mean, that's a very rarefied idea of encounter with art. But when I was a child, I would look at this. Uh, it, I mean, the originals in the Tate. But it was a large print, beautiful print, huge scale of of Liscargo. And Liscargo, for those who don't know it, is uh, basically Matisse at the end of his life throwing sheets of paper onto the floor to create a sort of spiral. And it's it's uh, it's a beautiful uh, symphonic Debussy like relationship of colours. Uh, uh, of of primary and secondary colours, and it's this kind of incredibly elegant thing. So, so it would be really my desert island artwork if I could take it. Would be Liscargo, uh, the snail by Matisse. Another artwork uh, I think would be a work by my father. He he was uh, he thought art was really hard work. And uh, nobody knows this painting because it's hanging in my front room. But they would know, some people, if they live in the north, might know the place. It's a painting that he made of Ribblehead Viaduct. And it's a beautiful painting. And he, he paints the fingers of God, uh, light, creeping through the clouds to hit this, uh, hit this, um, hit this beautiful, uh, beautiful um, viaduct. Another painting, another uh, painter's work, or hard to identify a specific painting, uh, but uh, when I was a kid, when I was a student, uh, a few years beyond me was Denzel Forrester. Denzel Forrester is beginning to be kind of rediscovered now, but when he was a young man, he was a big star, and he's a, uh, a black guy living in South London, I guess. I lived in South London. And he had a show, a remarkable exhibition at Riverside Studios that I went to. And there were these huge, great big paintings of uh, of uh, of dub sound systems. With, I've seen with them. Guys. I saw it at Stephen Friedman this year. Yes. Kept yeah, They're amazing. A, well, he's... He's a genius. He should have been fated all the way through his life. I think lots of things happened to that generation of artists. One was the YBAs coming in and stealing all the uh, uh, kudos, if you like. But another is just the inbuilt racism of the art world, to put it frankly, put it bluntly. But he is a remarkable a remarkable, I mean, just a remarkable colourist. I think some of the things that interest me in... Uh, in um, in uh, Matisse's work interests me in his work because he's just a fantastic colorist and but it's also the, the sense of the the musicality of the paintings they're almost synesthetic in their sense of dynamism they're great great paintings another another artist who uh, 
I absolutely love. And uh, a few years ago, I was able to curate an exhibition with her work in it. Is uh, is uh, is Louise Bourgeois? So uh, I did a show of art mainly by women responding to psychological pressures. In a way, it relates a little bit to this idea of the View magazine and art in prisons, because her work was all about, you know, her her sense of being crushed by her father and her early childhood. I mean, I don't think she really was crushed, really, but she, but she had this kind of sense of anger and... Um, and it's incredible work. So it'd be Cell, it's held by the Tate, but it's a marvellous piece of work where it's a series of mirrors, faded broken mirrors in a in a kind of cage with these two orbs, if you like, uh, which are like eyes peering out of the cell. So for something like this, I think it's relevant. So Cell by Louise Bourgeois would be another... Uh, really important work. So the fifth one would be a piece called uh, uh, Piss Flowers by Helen Chadwick. So Hel- Helen Chadwick, uh, she she made this remarkable piece of work where she urinated in the in the in thick snow. I'm not quite sure where she was in Norway or somewhere. I remember and she this cast, too. She cut, yeah, she cast the voids in the snow made by her urine. <laughs> it sounds ghastly, but it makes these kind of remarkable. Uh, flower-like images, uh, with, uh, uh, and uh, and they're extraordinary things. I it's mean, a childlike it's sense of wonder, but it's a childlike sense of wonder before we start attaching shame and different feeling towards bo- what your body does. You have this sense of wonder. Yeah. You brought it back. I yeah, agree yeah. with you. Yeah, so, so that would be my other, that would be another remarkable work. Well, well, I, I can go see, on listing great things I that I love forever. Really, I can see how it influences you. I think you're a great colorist. I think you have that sense <laughs> of play and adventure. I uh, love Louise Bourgeois' imagination and that kind of madness and big shapes making images that otherwise would be real, like Matisse in his later years. Thank you for that, Bob and Roberta. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> You're so willing to play games. That's what okay. I noticed about you when I heard you speak the first time. You're so willing to be playful. I like that a lot. So thank you. Don't keep with that spirit going. You've been listening to A Private View with me, Maeve Doyle. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>